Welcome to another exciting episode of the Sal Basima Era podcast. Straight out of deliverance, I am your host, Dr. Chris. Joining me and recording is Leo, and also from... Oh, hi, I'm, I'm Drew. From Screen Rant? Yep, hi, I'm from Screen Rant. I'm Drew. And tonight we're talking about issues 156, uh, only issue 156 of this spectacular Spider-Man Sal Basima Era podcast. We take a quick little break for multiple issues before we get to acts of vengeance and cosmic spidey and 12 billion different freaking tie-ins that has uh did, did everyone see the um uh, the post i made of uh peter and ben um swinging away in the cover of uh amazing spider-man number 75 absolutely they're fighting the ufos which are not spider-man villains those are hulk villains that i have yep. not seen in a really long time but i don't read every single issue of every hulk book that they ever produced thank god it's just one hulk book right now a mortal hulk but i'm sure when donny cates relaunches it back to issue number one there'll be 12 more hulk books well i i thought uh, there was a hulk monsters that just came out oh uh, so that's like gamma that's the uh that's the gamma radiated flight people that's like puck and uh, his wife and 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 titana and uh absorbing man right Mm-hmm. It's okay. Gamma Flight. Yeah. So over over in uh, Defenders, they're relaunching Defenders again with issue number one, and uh, sh- uh, the Harpy, who is uh, Betty uh, mm-hmm. Betty Betty uh, Betty, Betty Ross Banner, Betty Ross Banner. She is uh, in that book as well. As well as, by the way, the mysterious strength, the mysterious um, mystery man from uh, Marvel number one thousand. His yes. storyline finally gets picked up, which I'm sure, like Falcon Winter Soldier, was heavily rewritten and rearranged because of the pandemic. Because that Marvel one thousand came out before the pandemic, and that was supposed to be leading into like a big like, who is the new mystery character of Marvel? Yeah, they do that. Right, but the pandemic happened, and we haven't heard one peep out of what that storyline's been since until now. Uh, yeah, that was that was. What could what could have been for all of us if we didn't have that lost year? Right, but they were they announced they they had revealed that the um, part of the plot line of Falcon Winter Soldier was going to involve a virus getting out. Really? Do you see why Sony is not rushing Morbius into theaters? Because Morbius is about a virus. Probably why it's been delayed since to to twenty twenty two now. It's probably that or Jared Leto. Are, are you sure they're just not waiting for Toby to get done with uh with No Way Home? Why would Toby? I'm busting on you, Chris. I'm busting. It's a joke. But Toby's not in. He's not in. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, he's in the mural wall image. So going on to Spectacular Spider-Man 156: The Deliverance, uh, search for Robbie Robertson, which almost has nothing to do with Robbie Robertson. The entire issue um, came out November 1989. Or cover dates 19, November 1989. Excuse me. Editor in chief is Tom DeFalco. Cover artist writer. Uh, sorry. Cover artist and penciler is uh, Sal Basima. Gary Conway is the writer on this one. Inker is Mike Esposito. Colorist Bob Sharon. Letterer Rick Parker. And editor Jim Scalrup. I actually sent a uh, message over to Bob Sharon to ask him to come on the podcast. Oh, nice. Odds. Um, I do love the fact, by the way, that Marvel, Marvel Wiki lists Bug Eye Banjo as their. This is as their only appearance. I, I, I think someone like uh, Nick Spencer needs to bring them back for their his currently running Sinister War storyline. Oh yeah, and I just found out that the 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 the, the uh, it's thirty four villains for that entire arc, and I was like, wow, that's a lot. Oh my god, is that does that include Kindred and Mephisto? Because they're also in it. And yes, yeah. this, like. I, I swear to God, I think this is like a big joke on the whole Wanda thing. It was Mephisto the entire time because in the Sinister War, Mephisto is at the, is on the first page and the last page, gambling mm-hmm. with Doctor Strange for Peter's uh, big secret. 
Oh wow. Yeah. He's like, um, I don't just make deals with willing you know, unwilling people. I make deals with willing people. And he's like, What did Peter willingly give up for to you? And he's like, Oh, strange, that would be telling. But let's gamble and I'll tell you what Peter wanted so badly. Cause certain even even strong willed, courageous men like Peter Parker will give up anything to save someone they love. We're not gonna go there. We're not well, gonna go there. I, I, I hope it's leading to the big uh return of the marriage, you know, just in time for Peter to go into a coma for Ben to take over. So anyway, so on to the plot synopsis for the spectacular Spider-Man. The uh cover, his name is Banjo, and he hates it when you pick on him. Peter is still investigating the crashed helicopter of Robbie Robertson and Tombstone, and happens along a little village in upstate New York that's like straight out of deliverance, and he's attacked by a couple of monstrous looking creatures, one small, one big, who he finds out are actually mutants due to incest and radiation sickness over at the daily bugle J. Jonah Jameson finds out the new owner of the Daily Bugle is Thomas Firestone, a Fireheart, excuse me, aka the Puma. Over at Mary Jane and Peter's place, they're about to do a paintathon, and Mary Jane realizes she has to run to the hospital and deal with Christie's crappy plotline and get slapped in the face by her. Something we really don't care about. All the while, Flash Thompson is jilted by one of Mary Jane's snobby supermodel friends. And this, of course, is seen by the black cat who starts to get her mitts into Flash Thompson, by the way. This is the beginning of the Flash Thompson-Felicia Hardy uh, relationship, which she uses to get back at Peter. But eventually, mm-hmm. she starts to have feelings for Flash Thompson, realizing Flash is actually a really good guy. He's changed a lot since high school. And, and Felicia then, doesn't need to be a bitch and do that. And then he and then he dumps her and she's heartbroken. Uh, No, she dumps him. Actually, the writers just kind of forget about it. I, I, I'll be 100% honest with you. They never go anywhere mm-hmm. with that. It does start out with her using Flash to get back at Peter over what, you know, him leaving her for Mary Jane and the drama mm-hmm. of Days of Our Lives that I just explained about all that. But mm-hmm. she eventually does really do care about him after he gets uh, injured by the tarantula during the... Um, amazing run uh, it was a storyline called powerless peter loses his powers for like three issues only three only three mm-hmm. but he gives them up willingly anyway back over to the set of deliverance peter is able to escape and he's able to convince after defeating the banjo creature that he is just looking for his friend robbie uh, and that is all he doesn't want to tell anybody about their weird little world and he is let go Over in another part of Amish weird country, Robbie is found by a veterinarian and Tombstone leaves him with the veterinarian to be mended and healed because he is Tombstone's best friend. Yeah, that was a little weird. Yeah, the end of the Robbie Tombstone plotline just is so goddamn abrupt. I mean, then we have to deal with like, oh, he's an escaped felon and oh, the trial is bullshit and oh, he's got to get acquitted. The art in this issue, once again, shows off like Sal's just weirdness sometimes. These people are the most horrific looking characters to show up in Spectacular Spider-Man outside of a villain that he fights because Banjo's not really a villain. He's just a big, ugly looking thing. (laughs) Yeah, it, it it was just honestly, I thought it was the the um it was like the hills have eyes. I was like, what crossover is this? And then you had the little mutant brain baby, and then all this stuff. I was like, oh my god, Jim Bob, like Spider Man, you better know how to dance. 
Otherwise, you gotta you gotta be able to dance to get to that hoedown. The creepy mother straight out of that episode of the X Files. Anyone see that episode of the X Files? Oh home? yes, yes. Yeah. That is, I see what this is. She's like, "Yo, listen up. Ten years ago, I was widowed, living with my cousin downriver outside of Harrisburg, pregnant with these three boys. The morning there was an accident in Three Mile Island. I was working the garden outside my cousin's house." Which, by the way, so your cousin's house is right outside a nuclear silo? No, even like in the worst of like nuclear silos bullshit, they would have a miles upon miles cordon off area away from the nuclear silo. There wouldn't be a farm directly outside it. It's not Springfield on The Simpsons. Sorry, I'm good. Most nuclear silos are like, kind of like, yes, they might be in like, considered to be like outside the city, but they're still far enough away from like a residential area to not, you know, have... You know, like like an evacuation, just in case, kind of thing. This is like looks like she's tending the garden right outside the silos. Yeah, it was just it was just you know good old house near the reactor over here. Like what? And of course, Peter's you know, Spider Man's like, oh, where are the X Men when you need them? Oh yeah, you know, but if if, if the X Men were there, he'd still complain. He'd be like, oh god, these X Men. Um, so uh, apparently, so- New York has three nuclear silos. Uh, nuclear nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, three nuclear plants. Fitzpatrick, Gina, and Nine Mile Point, comprising four nuclear reactors, operate in upstate New York. Well, do you think that they, they reference Three Mile? Do you think that's just a, the Marvel reference? Three Mile Island Generating Station permanently shut down on September 20th, 2019. I remember, I remember that happening, leaving yeah. a 45 year legacy of safe, reliable, carbon free electricity generation service to the community. Um, actually, I remember most people were kind of pissed that this was shut down because this was actually a you know one of those plants that was doing good for the community wasn't causing problems the environment wasn't being destroyed or anything like that but i thought there was an accident there that's why it closed down is that the one that okay so is that the one that is near pennsylvania because i remember hearing something about like people in pennsylvania getting really scared let's see uh three mile island uh yes middletown pennsylvania partially melted down march 28th 1979 oh good to know these characters are basically like straight out of like the Morlocks, who are the X Men villain anti sorta here. I mean, they're villains when they fight them. Otherwise, they're considered to be like homeless mutants living underground because of their deformities and the way they look. We've shunned them as a society. But every five minutes, Kalista is drawn like as a ten out of ten with like some type of misshapen thing, thingamajig. So you know, go figure. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's just, uh, it's just so weird. Like, it, I think the funny thing is that the whole thing was just so odd that it just one second we just having Spider Man pursued by the 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 weirdest Hulk in the world, and then we're back in the city, and I'm just like, God, this is some Zack Snyder jumping around uh, Batman versus Superman level thing here. Um, and, yeah, and then it's just you know, and then uh, like we still even have Fallout. Like you have Glory Grant. She's still uh, not Glory. Yeah, she's still freaking out because she basically killed her boyfriend trying to kill Spider Man. Like all again, Jerry Conway addresses all these things, so you really feel like the stories are all happening in the same universe versus some books where. You know, they barely reference the things that are happening within their world. So it's like, are you guys even connected? Like how? So it's nice to see. These uh, deformed town folks think that Spider-Man's part of the government. And it's the government that's responsible who, for uh, for what happened to him. Oh, my God. Yeah. The government. 
It's a gift. I was like, yes, because the government is giving, you know, spandex suits, you know, with patterns and, and things, and they're just chasing randos in the forest. Yeah, that's the government. Well, yeah. Is there, do you think there's really actually, like, you know, hills of people like this in New York? I can I understand, like, the mid, the Midwest or something, or wherever the hills have eyes took place, but yeah. New York? Well, New York it gets uh, pretty wooded, you know, north. I mean, anywhere where you're going to have, you know, rural areas you're probably gonna have uh you know some backwoods stuff happening christy flipping out at mary jane uh when she's like they hate you everyone hates you and then smack right in the face or whatever it was just like holy cow i mean the one person who's been like there for her this entire time talked to somebody who had uh you know anorexia and had a eating disorder about this and she's like no usually not psychotic more like just like depression and absolute just self-loathe not lashing out they didn't really do a great job with this whole like plot line writing it and it's just like let's give mary jane something to do and worry about kind of story well maybe she's bipolar as well yeah maybe but uh i i i have no words like like i just want this character gone yeah she's gonna be around for a few more issues uh (laughs) the um the plot line with tombstone and robbie just coming to an absolute abrupt end here well not quite so abrupt it does to be continued to the next issue but that that's really it i mean because then we start you know the acts of vengeance and it's it just it just feels like they could have had like one more big issue with this thing like oh it's robbie and tombstone living in the uh you know living in the uh the amish country and then spider-man shows up looking for them and then uh tombstone is like supposedly killed but we know he's still alive type of thing would have been a bigger ending than the way they just fizzled out as a backstory in the next couple issues yeah like that was so random like we did this whole thing and then it's like yeah it's good old amish uh, I do love there is one letter in here in the letter column, which, by the way, is very funny that the letters in comic books back then would print people's actual address. Really? Wow. Old. Lawn Wolf lives at 218 Reiner's Run East, Maple Shade, New Jersey. And it's like, holy cow. Don't think he's still there. But his one letter says, gosh, Robbie's been in jail only a short while and he already has a date. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever's answering the letter says Robbie and Bruiser were just good friends. <laughs> Next issue, Electro returns. We haven't seen Electro since the um, uh, the beginning of actually of this podcast during the return of the Sin Eater storyline. Um, if you're actually reading current issues of Amazing Spider-Man, Max Dillon has become Electro once again because Doc Ock was like, no, no, can't have a female Electro. We must have the male original Electro back. So he gave Max Dillon back his powers in his goofy looking costume. Basically, it's like we're getting the classic uh sinister six i have no fucking idea by the way who the hell craven the hunter is in the sinister war because the last time we saw craven the hunter he blew his goddamn brains out again at the right. end of uh, craven's uh game hunt storyline where he captured all of the you know animal style villains and heroes of the marvel universe and put them in a cage together yeah like like i, I just hate when marvel does that because then it's just like who the hell is this guy and then sometimes They'll never even explain. They'll never even say, oh, yeah, this person was that. It's Nick They'll Spencer. Just... And he, he's the one who did that story. It's not like it's a different writer. It's just, it's Nick Spencer. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, sometimes writers do that. They'll just have these other versions. Not like Nick. He's been pretty consistent with this stuff. 
but yeah, like, is it the son? Is it a legitimate son? Is it a newcomer? Like who? I don't know. Well, last time I checked, the Grim Hunter was turned into like a lion creature and killed. And then Aliosh, Aliosh, whatever the fuck his name is, the good Craven the Hunter, um, that was good for like, you know, a little while. He, Mm -hmm. um, I swear to God, I thought he was killed by Craven's daughter, who was like this little teenage girl. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So I I don't know. I mean, Nick Spencer, by the way, is going to be at Boston Comic Con. I could just ask him and be like, did I miss something? Who the hell is this Craven the Hunter? Um, You know, Doc Ock is back in his original costume. The miniseries is being drawn by Mark Bagley. It's running concurrently with uh, the last uh, six issues of Amazing Spider-Man. So, and of course, Kindred and Mephisto are big parts of the whole thing. Because Kindred is the one who has orchestrated the Sinister War with Dr. Octopus. Obviously, Doc Ock... Oh, yeah, that's right. Over in Superior Spider-Man, Doc Ock made a deal with Mephisto to get his, like, to, to save his the, the people he cared about when he was a good guy for five minutes as Superior Spider-Man in the cloned Peter body that he had. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Mephisto gave him back his chubby old Doc Ock body that was dead in the ground of, you know, having its head beaten in by Spider-Man that he'd switched yep. on Peter. Yeah, because that was smart. But I will say this, though. I just still love that Mark Bagley is still doing Spider-Man. I mean, you want to talk someone who's just become synonymous with the character. Like, his style, like, we... and oh, Chris, we, we, Yeah, we've seen... Hey, like we saw early Mark Bagley in this in this run, we've discussed it. He was he did a guest spot in one issue a while ago, and it was still great. But like later on, like it's still amazing. He's still his style is still like it's it fits in still with his '90s work, but it's still more modern. But it's still very great. It's very Spider Man. Like it's weird when I see him draw anybody else. I'm like, but this isn't Spider Man. What? Right, and uh, it, it's it's. I'm glad that he's doing that sinister storyline. I'm sure he'll do other, you know, Spider books when this new creative team starts. Uh, but oh, the yeah. Sinister War storyline with all those characters. I mean, he opens it up with like this, you know, red carpet premiere for Mary Jane's uh, movie, which mm-hmm. was if you read the amazing Mary Jane series, which was very good. It unfortunately, got canceled because of the pandemic at issue six. They were going to start a new storyline. Uh, but this was the movie that she made with Mysterio behind Peter's back. And then in this issue, Peter finds out that she's been working with Mysterio this whole time. And she knew about it. And oh she's just like, but Peter, I've been trying to protect you like you've been trying to protect me. Uh, but he draws MJ like like just unbelievably gorgeous. She's got like this white dress on the, on the red carpet. And she, I mean, it's just like the best MJ's looked in a long time. Um, and then, of course, all the various Sinister Six teams shows up. And then at the end of the whole issue, after Harry Kindred, uh, whatever he is, mm-hmm. kidnaps Peter, a bunch of other villains show up at the end in a shattering glass kind of moment. So we're to be continued on that. Of course. Yeah. So we'll be back in a week with uh, the return of Electro again on uh, Spectacular Sal Basima Air Podcast. One issue before we start the Axe of Vengeance. We'll take a big, we'll take a bit of a break between these. this uh, electro issue and the beginning of acts of vengeance to figure out how the hell that's going to work uh splash pages we'll probably talk about the larger acts of vengeance storyline mm-hmm. involving loki and the avengers of course there's multiple freaking tie-ins for that by the way but they're all collected in trade paperback which is very nice and the entire cosmic spider-man storyline is collected as well as one yes. storyline nice. there's a couple parts of it that i'm probably going to skip like the graviton issue where he fights graviton has nothing no. to do with the cosmic spider-man storyline so i'm not going to cover that but yeah, uh, yeah. but it's going to be basically spectacular web of and like one, two issues of amazing one where he fights uh magneto and one where he fights the gray hulk 
Oh, totally. The Magneto yeah. one's great. And that Gray Hulk issue, by the way, is the final issue of Todd McFarlane's uh, sp- sp- uh, Amazing Spider-Man run before he jumps over to uh, Adjective Less Spider-Man. Uh, okay. I did yeah. not know that, but okay, cool. Yeah. And right. uh, that's also that storyline is also really great because it's the first appearance of the Tri-Sentinel, a really kind of goofy giant robot villain that would appear later on. And Mark Bagley's, by the way, beginning his run of Amazing Spider-Man, he would bring back the Tri-Sentinel. And then Nick Spencer would bring back the Tri-Sentinel at the beginning of his run. I just, I'm sorry. I know it's totally silly and stupid and dumb, but I really love it. I don't know why. I just think it's so Oh my God, cool. it's so awesome. But you know, if they made a fucking toy of it, it'd be like $400, like that Galactus thing that I show, I posted. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That, come on. Yeah, All those I, mean, I, I would love a Tri-Sentinel for my Spider-Man to like, you know, I don't, I'd buy like the Nova toy too or something like that. But yeah. you no, know, it'd be like ridiculous amounts of money. That Galactus toy is ridiculous. $400. Forget it. No. Unless I win the COVID lottery. Yeah, that fabled COVID lottery. All right, everyone. We'll be back in a couple weeks. The ads in this issue were hit or miss, by the way. Oh, I forgot to go over the ads. There was one cool thing in here. Stan's soapbox is worth reading if you actually have the real issue, but for crunch for time. But we'll be back next week. Another exciting issue is Spectacular Style Basima Era podcast. All right, buddy. Have a good one. And I'll make sure to not be late. So uh, Chris and Zink banjo on me. All right.